and a lot of leather jackets. It's popular there, which I, makes me think it'll come around and, and they'll be popular here again, too. I was embarrassed when Will went to Italy because he's representing America and uh, Will's favorite part of a pizza is the cheese, as this is well known to our listeners. Will loves the cheese. What? Uh, yeah, you've said that before, right? <laughs> I don't I have no... I've never said that Favorite last part year. of a pizza? <laughs> well, I, I mean, yeah, I, that, I that's a weird thing to say. Like, you can't have a pizza without cheese, so... <laughs> I don't know if that's <laughs> no, my no, no, favorite part no. of a pizza. But my favorite part of a pizza is like, this. Uh, if you had to break it up to the sauce, the crust, or the yeah, cheese. Yeah, but there is no pizza without the three of those. So what are we talking about? <laughs> I love that Will's favorite phrase this year is, what are we talking about? You say that all the time now. No, <laughs> um, you're what, confusing what, what, me what I'm, talk, what I'm talking about is, How can if that... you had to separate the three like into something, like if you wanted an extra of something, an extra bready pizza, an extra saucy pizza, or an extra cheesy pizza. Yeah, cheese all the way. Yeah, I know, that's my point. See, I'm a sauce guy. Yeah, me and Ryan have refined palates. Will's Will's very American in that way. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Look, I, I guess I just don't understand how uh, it's a weird thing to say. What's your favorite part of a pizza? Like, like pick your favorite toppings. That's a different discussion. But it'd be weird to be like, what's your favorite part of a hot dog? Mm-hmm. Like, would you rather have only bun or My only fa- hot dog? <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. So yeah, yes, I don't know what we're talking question. about. <laughs> Will's just over here eating cheese and raw dog and hot dog. I, love, I, know, I yes. love pizza. I love all toppings. I'm not picky about it. Oh, did you guys see the glizzy, the hot dog straw? Oh my god! Yeah. It went viral. It's gross. That it, made me not want to eat a hot dog. It did look gross. Maybe um, not want to eat, maybe I want to eat a, a hot dog. I just don't. You know what the the stupid part is? I know they did it just to to go viral on the internet. But he made a straw out of his hot dog with <laughs> his straw. <laughs> with the straw. So he had the straw. He was clearly just going for you know fame at that point. And 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 yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, this is clearly a a, a move for that. But yeah, like if you don't have a straw and you can somehow fashion one out of a hot dog, then you know hats off to you. But to just make one out of a straw. Or, or with a straw, and then be like, now I don't need the straw anymore. But you know, there's a lot of people who are going to be upset that hot dogs aren't in our championship matchup today. I mean, but in our tailgate are, matchup, but yes, brats, yeah, brats are, yeah, brats beat hot dogs out. So we do uh, obviously. I mean, wow, we're we're excited for this show. It's week one. Week I'm so one. excited. We Let's had week go. zero. We're breaking down the games. Uh, I'm your host, Will Chambers, of course. Uh, with me, as always, Tyler Walgie, professional better. Uh, Producer Smitty on the ones and twos. What's up, fellas? And the twos and threes. This show is going to be amazing because we get to break down all the week one matchups. There's a lot. You said it, Tyler. We're going to finish off the uh, the tailgate bracket Mm -hmm. challenge. Um, the the tailgate foods bracket challenge. It's been an intense uh, bracket. Sixteen foods down to two. There's going to be a thirty for thirty about this uh, bracket for sure. Yep. I've gotten some uh, hate on my takes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <you have. laughs> well, they're they're not popular. There. Ryan there's voted some... for salad. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you know, obviously, but before we do that, we also have a little segment, another uh, uh, a uh, return segment, uh, a popular one. Everyone knows the playoff four, the fourteen playoff. We're doing it of best jobs. Oh, okay. Best jobs to have okay. in the whole world. Okay. So, but Tyler, uh, we got to start off with some college football news, and there hasn't been much since we talked on Sunday, but there was big uh, a, a big announcement that came out today. It's going viral on Twitter and whatnot um, that the playoff committee is potentially looking at altering the the playoff you know we've gone over this many times before but they're talking about expanding the playoff mm-hmm. and before the issue has always been we have these contracts in place and we have to start it after the end of the contracts now they're saying they're looking at altering the current contracts <laughs> oh, in order to expand shocker. the playoff starting as as early as next year I love so it. again we'll see if it happens uh, I'll be excited for that to happen um, but 
you know, yeah. I think expanding the playoff is what basically everyone wants right now. 100%. Go as big as you want. I want 16 teams. Yep, for sure. 16. Uh, and we got Fox and ESPN. Uh, they're they're opening their, their TV talks with the Big 12, which to me is another sign that the Big 12 will survive. Pac-12 Pac won't. No, Pac-12's leaving. Yes. Yeah. And so, I don't know if any of these conferences are going to survive, though. Like, I think that in mm. two years it's going to be AFC-NFC matchup. Yeah, like, I mean, or, or, and matchup like AFC NFC style. I mean, like where it's thirty teams, thirty teams. Yeah, Big Ten SEC. And, yeah. But see, neither of those conferences <laughs> yeah. will ever give up their name. Like I know, I know the Big Ten has like twenty two teams or whatever. They'll always be the Big Ten. The SEC is never th those conferences are never going to give up the branding they have in their name. And so it may just end up being SEC and Big Ten. You know, and they right. swallow up everyone. Right. Well, I hope whatever they call it, I think that's what it's going to be. Um, and you know, the last, it's not even really news. We talked about it on Sunday, but I wanted to talk a little bit about Scott Frost being on the hot seat. Scotty. Um, because obviously with the game on Sunday or on, on Saturday, we saw how everything went and he's fully on the hot seat at this point. But I was actually thinking to myself, like who would be the ideal replacement? And the truth is that I can't think of someone who a, I can, would be a great fit and who would want the job. Uh, okay. Second one. I'm not so sure about, uh, but I first have a headline. Scotty on the hottie, <laughs> which could be taken a lot of different ways, but <laughs> the hot seat. Uh, no, I think that uh, Urban Meyer, you get oh, back into coaching, I'm back so in the Big upset Ten. I didn't think about that. Back in the Big Ten, Nebraska would gladly take him. It's like, what do you want to do? You want to win, or you want to have a really tough press conference? Nebraska, those scumbags in Lincoln would easily take Herb for and, sure, and probably embrace him. And uh, that's what I would say. If he wants to get back into coaching, back in the Big Ten, that's such a good herb. pick. That's such a good pick. And you're right. He only really goes to like iconic name brand schools. Yeah. So it actually would be a good fit for him. Now, I don't know how he would certainly recruit far better than what we were normally or what we're used to at Nebraska. But he, I mean, he could he could win a lot of games there. A lot of singles with tight jeans in Nebraska. And it would just make, oh, man, I would hate Nebraska so hard if Urban Meyer went there. Yeah, the, the, the waist is 48 inches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, that's Ryan. That's producer Ryan for you. But, um, that, no, really, that's actually that's a, that's a brilliant pick because I was trying – I actually was racking my brain. Like, who would be the good – I thought about Dan Mullen, you know, the who's now doing TV, uh, ex-Florida head coach, even though I don't think he would recruit well there either because he barely recruited well at Florida – and so that might be actually the best the best pick by far because I just don't know like if you're a top coordinator even still like if if you're at that level to where Nebraska wants you to come and be the head coach there you're probably going to have offers elsewhere and Nebraska seems like a an administration that's completely dysfunctional <laughs> uh, a school and, and they can't win they fired Bo Pelini and I saw this crazy stat that you know with Bo, Bo Pelini had a, like a really good record in Nebraska right and if Scott Frost were to win his next 50 games straight, he still would have a worse record than what Bo Pelini did when he was fired. Oh my Isn't that God. insane? Yeah, that's uh, that's an indictment if I've ever seen one. Yeah, yeah that's I think Pelini was fired with a 67 and 47 record, something like that. Yeah, he was averaging like 9, 10 wins every year. They just couldn't win the big one. Yeah, expectations in, in, in Nebraska are just a little outrageous, in my opinion. Maybe they should just hire Bo Pelini back. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, I think he's Bo still at Youngstown State. I think Frank Solich still has a pulse, doesn't he? <laughs> Who? Oh, yeah, Frank. <laughs> Frank Solich. Frank Solich. He's the one that they won all the national yeah. championships with. Oh, okay. I was thinking, uh, who's the, um, who's like the legendary guy there that became an AD for a while? He won a national, uh, not McCarthy. Um, no, I think we're talking about the same person. No, not, no, 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 no. Not Frank Solich. Who's, there's, there was another coach there. It was legendary at Nebraska. Uh, I mean, I'm 
Uh, Tom Osborne. Tom Osborne. There That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I'm not crazy. Um, but well, yeah. well, let's let's not push it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I like cheese on my pizza. Call me, call me, call me crazy. Um, speaking, no bun, all dog. Speaking of pizza, we're in the 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 final uh, the final matchup of the tailgate uh, the tailgate yes, food bracket. We're finally here, and we have we have uh, brats versus chili. Now look. I I personally I love chili. I think it's insane they made it this far. Mm. I just don't know how anyone could pick chili over brats at this point. I'm going brats all the way. It's the perfect tailgate food. I've explained it a million times. And if you guys pick chili over brats, like I mean, I get it. That's how democracy works. I'll just be very disappointed. I am going chili over brats. Oh my god! And <laughs> you're actually wrong. Brats are not the perfect tailgate food. Chili is the perfect tailgate food. You can have it ideally in cold weather. It's also good in hot weather. It's perfect. You can put it all in a crock pot. It stays there warm. Like I understand brats are delicious. There's a reason why brats are in the in the championship, and I love brats. I will have a good brat all day. So this isn't a negative brat thing. This is a pro chili thing. Super into chili. You can do it so many different ways, so many different toppings. And like I said, it's always readily available. As a matter of fact, the longer it usually sits in the little slow cooker, the better chili gets. So it's the perfect tailgate food. And uh, I think it, it wins the, the title, in my opinion. So producer Ryan, frying Ryan, the... Uh, the uh, what rhymes with Traeger? I was gonna say the something of the Traeger. Traeger. That's the, a rough one. I don't the, know. Yeah. The, There's the, not a lot of words that rhyme with Traeger. The McGregor Wait. of the Traeger, if you will. The Connor McGregor of the Traeger. How about that? I think, it needs, I think it needs work. In his but... prime. All right, I'll work on it. I'll, I'll workshop it. But what do you say? Have you noticed with a lot of these matchups, it's come down to me? It has. Yeah. Yeah. I don't appreciate that <laughs> it's because Tyler and I are just diametrically opposite yeah. when it comes to food. Apparently. A lot of things. <laughs> um, you know, you can make your argument for for really either one. Um, I'm going. I, I'm gonna go with brats as our oh, champion. Wow. And while I love chili, I love making wow, it. This feels personal. Brats are brats are <laughs> brats are easy. Um, yeah, so you are you. Do, but you're not you, winning you any can, trophies over here. <laughs> yeah, we know. Believe me, the Smith household. We know. Um, cold, warm weather. Um, you can whip out the the grill, gas, or charcoal. Obviously, charcoal preferred. Um, but I, th- I think what came down to it for me is is Will has said this about several of these foods, but the the convenience of it. You know, you're running late. You can just grab a brat, eat it in line while you're while you're waiting to get into the game. Yep, good to go. Um, yeah, I'm going brats. Well, I mean, to challenge that chili in a bread bowl. Right? It's like, what are the sound signs? Have you ever seen a bread bowl? Is that the better? What is a, also, uh, no one just walks around with like a bread bowl. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't it's, say uh, it's like highly convenient. It's, it's Larry David doing George Steinbrenner on, on uh, Seinfeld. And he goes, you know the best food? Uh, bread bowl. There's nothing better than finishing a meal, looking down, seeing just a table. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, I guess it's the winner. Brats, brats, brats are the winner. The Congratulations. Brats, brats, brats or sausages. Brats. brats or sausages. Brats that's or right. Yeah, brats They're just sausages. versatile. That's yeah. really what it comes yeah. down to is yeah. versatility. Look, I'm and not, deliciousness. I'm not going to yell at brats. I love a good brat. So wow, there you go. We, we, we did it. I'm excited right. about that. Are we getting on to the uh, the the Mount Rushmore, the playoff four, whatever you want to call it? Playoff four. Yeah, we can't do playoff Mount four. Rushmore. No, we, that's, that's already bad. a popular segment on the most popular sports oh, podcast that's of all right. time. So yeah, I, no one's I, ever, no one ever did that before then. <laughs> <laughs> they made but that. I up. like the playoff four because it's college football specific. It's the 14 no, playoff. Down. Let's do it now. Look, it, Labor Day is this weekend. It's it is my favorite holiday. 
uh, because it's week one of college football. It's day of labor. Um, me, me and Will diametrically opposed <laughs> once again. I think Labor Day is the stupidest holiday that has ever been invented. You just think it's a stupid name. There we go. I think it's a stupid name because we celebrate labor by not working. If you're going to celebrate labor, how, how about Wait, everyone working? work 30 minutes longer? That's a good way to celebrate labor. No, no, no. That would be like... Let's call it non-Labor Day. That would be if that it was would be a job way to day. Labor Day is celebrating... This is It's it's the, uh, the labor force's chance to have a day off. We're celebrating the labor mm. force, not actual work. Then it should be, be called Labor Force Day. I I mean, I just, <laughs> I, I'll just never understand this one, but it is Tyler's favorite holiday because of that. No, look, I love it because it's college football's week one, you know, it's week one of college football, so it's always a special day for me uh, or a special, a special holiday for me. And so what we're doing is the playoff four, the top four best jobs in the world. You get to pick your top four uh, ideal jobs. You could have any job in the whole world. What would it be? It, the only caveat is it has to be a real job right 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 so you can't say you know i want to be superman yeah exactly i want to be super you could say i want to play superman yeah yeah, Uh, in a movie yeah Uh, but you can't say you know i want to be kim kardashian's like pillow or something something (laughs) weird like that so Uh, well it goes number three for ryan uh as i'm marking things off (laughs) uh tyler let's let's hear it i Uh, I want your top four okay so my number one i went a little self uh self-righteous here but pro better I mean, honestly, I think I have the best job. That you do is, have a very good job. I bet sports for a fucking living. Like I, as I'm long a, as you're successful. I'm well. I've been doing it for six years. Well, no, I'm just saying it, it's a it's a great right. job as long as you're doing no, it. No, right. exactly. <laughs> but but most people don't last, and that's that's not something that a lot. Yeah, a lot of people claim to be pro betters who have like three other jobs on the side. It's like, eh, not really. So that's why I don't take pics from anyone who doesn't do it for a living. It's like, oh, you got a job at ESPN, make a hundred thousand a year, and he's <laughs> telling me to take Alabama. Okay, thanks, buddy. So yeah, I think pro better. I, look, I'm home all day with. My my dog i watch sports it's you know i do some math here or there but i like it so that's my number one uh number two pro athlete i would love to be a pro athlete i mean okay but wait you gotta be you gotta get specific here because i have a particular pro athlete on mine as do i you can't just i think you gotta p- pick what what the the sport would be mm, what's okay. the number one what's the ideal job ideal job you want to be I a have... shortstop you want to be a pinch hitter well well no i mean it's funny you, you named two baseball positions because i was going to go baseball a starting pitcher is what i would want to mm. probably be start uh, or quarterback like the quarterback is obvious mm. you know like quarterback of a, a team uh not nothing in hockey nothing in basketball i would want to be probably the uh, starting pitcher of like a good team. Starting pitching in the playoffs is awesome. 182 game regular season. I was actually thinking That's about a this. Lot of games. That's a lot one of, of the best sports. I would love that. Now you're a lot of time what? away from the family, but it's so <laughs> so cool. much travel. So but many it's games. so much downtime. I went to Ali and I've been going to some Rockies games lately, and I'm just like watching the players. They're having a ball in the dugout. They it's go true. out. They they stand in the in the field for you know make a play. They're having a good time. It's so. It is like the idea that it's not taxing on your body is crazy because it is a long season. For There's sure. a lot of like sleep. But I think baseball would be a lot of fun. You're with the boys. Baseball is great, you know, camaraderie sport. There's, It's not like this in and out. If you look at like basketball and uh, uh, not hockey, hockey's kind of similar, but basketball and football, especially the NFL, it's a rotating door. High it's, churn. It's not the same team all the time. Like baseball's relatively lower turnover. So that's, what, that's my answer there. Uh, number three. Uh, ben and Jerry's flavor guru. This exists. Ben and Jerry's have flavor testers. That the average salary is like forty thousand a year, but you get to you get to try all these different flavors. You get to help them create f- create a new flavor. So Ben and Jerry's flavor guru, <laughs> aka flavor tester. You better get good medical insurance right. with that. <laughs> and they right, yeah, exactly. And then number four, uh, Disneyland Imagineer. My fiance and I are like into <laughs> Disneyland, and the uh, Imagineers who have to be engineers. Uh, 
they like help like create new rides and like adjust the park and stuff. So I think that'd be fun. Interesting. Yeah, we're okay. into Disney. What do you about? What about you? Will? What's your top four? Uh, okay, my number one um, is a pro golfer. I would love right, that's to a be good one. That's a, a really good one. golfer. Um, I love golf and I'm bad at it. And to be good at it and get paid a lot of money for it would be incredible. Um, and I, would you join the Live Tour? Or would you go PGA? Man, I'd love to be like I. You know. My heart is like, no way. But like when they drop that like, you know, $100 million check in front of you, <laughs> yeah. I think it'd be hard to say no. Um, but I mean, like just being able to make that much money to go and play all the best golf courses. Um, I know it's like kind of a lot of work. And the only bummer is you're working weekends and during the fall. That's obviously a problem. Um, but Golfer may be better than my starting pitcher. That's a really good one for pro athlete. Yeah. It's, yeah, just, like, it's, a, like, money. it's just such a chill sport, you know, and to be that good at it would just be amazing. So that's my, that, that's always been the one job. It, it seems like a lonely job though. A lot of time by yeah. yourself, well, a lot of time with the caddy. And it's not a team sport, but like you get that camaraderie from like other players. You're playing in groups with guys and you know, all those guys have friends on the tour. And so I don't think any of them, I friends. bet like the bar afterward is just like, like amazing, you know, with all <laughs> the different golfers. And so that would be my number one. Uh, my number two job would be to, to be Chris, the bear Felica on game day, because <laughs> the bear has the best job on college game day That's by far. One. He goes to all the best games um, he really doesn't have to do much on the show. I mean, I'm sure he actually has like job duties. I'm not trying to like, you know, discourage the bear, but I love him. He just gives his gambling picks and lets those guys do all the entertainment stuff. And then he goes to the bus where there's like six TVs and watches all the games. He doesn't have to like get up in the booth. You know what I mean? Like he just gets to enjoy it and gamble on stuff. And he's traveling around to all the amazing, uh, college football stadiums. And you know that Herb Street and Fowler are picking up the tab at all the dinners and stuff. They're going to nice dinners. Like I think that the bear might have the best job in the yeah, world. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, number three would be to be a judge on Iron Chef. Now, I don't even watch cooking shows because it's, uh, yeah. you know, I'm not a good cook and watching people make delicious food and not being able to eat it is really frustrating for me. <laughs> but, like, those guys get to try, like, the best food in the world that, like, the best chefs are making. And and I, I'm not sure I'd be good at it because I wouldn't want to, like, give critiques and I'm not a professional chef. But being able to eat amazing food you know, and getting getting paid for it would be awesome. That is a good point. Watching those shows, you do get hungry, and you're just like, I, I always want what they're eating. If, if if they're making like a chicken dish, I always want chicken. If it's yeah. sushi, I want sushi. And on the other reverse end, sometimes if I like go get a burger or something, I'll watch a burger episode. You know, just yeah. like while I'm eating it. And it's just yeah. like like I'm not <laughs> I'm not a good cook. And hey, so it'd be one thing to have them just like you know watch a cooking show where they make the best grilled cheese because I'm like, I could do that. I can make a grilled cheese. But hey, grilled, grilled cheese is a little harder than people think. I, I'm actually kind of a okay. bit of an expert. I'm not okay. going to lie. Okay. Uh, I make a mean grilled cheese. But yeah, Judge, judge on, on Iron Chef would be uh, number three. And last but not least is a Formula One driver. So those guys live Dangerous. wild lifestyles. Yeah. It's like the fastest racing uh, on four wheels. They're international stars, but then you could just come to America and no one would even know who the fuck you were. Yeah. You could be the most famous, like Lewis Hamilton, who is, who is uh, <laughs> he's now like part of the ownership for the Denver Broncos. He could walk around Denver and like almost no one would spot him or know who he was. And, and if he goes anywhere in Europe or Asia or South America, he's getting mobbed by people constantly. And so I think those guys make a ton of money and they get to race at the highest level. And I think it would be an awesome job. So those are my top four. I like that. I'm into it. Ryan, what do you got? Uh, excuse me. Uh, n- <laughs> number one, I got a. Um, I couldn't decide, but it, I, I tried to get as specific as I could with an athlete. 
So I actually went with, uh, on the lazier side, uh, relief pitcher, mm. uh, punter, a kicker, or a backup quarterback. <laughs> oh, yeah, I so. like that. <laughs> backup quarterback's not bad. Bullpen yeah. catcher, that's another one. Yeah, yeah. What uh, What's his name? Chase Daniel? Yeah, he's made like really 80 made, million. <laughs> yeah, I think he's only made four starts. Yeah, incredible. Um, all right, number two, I've got a chef. Um, I love making food, obviously, and if you can do it at a high level, you know, at a at a you know Michelin restaurant, five star restaurant, whatever it is, I think that would be really great. And you make a good living too. Um, number three, I went with artist, and you could an artist. Huh? You, you you could either <laughs> you could go with like a musician <laughs> or like a painter. Mm. You know, just choose your medium or basketball player. That's a I mean, good come pick. On. Michael uh, Jordan. LeBron, LeBron is, no is an artist. artist. Hey, no. hey, 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 LeBron is an artist. <laughs> That's art in motion. <laughs> I love that pick, actually, though. Just like painting and being good. Yeah, at you it, just get to money. hang out and like you know whatever hits you. Just go throw it on you know I like a piece of canvas or or write songs if you want to be a singer. So. Now the people you're surrounded with might be a little pretentious. That's the only complaint I might have. Art people, you know. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. but you know most of those people they don't they don't they don't make it for everybody. That's you true. know, um, and then. My last one is um, a stand-up comic. Ah, hey. I think that'd be great. You get to travel around the world sometimes if you're popular enough. Yep. Um, you're always a good time. You're surrounded by hilarious people all the time. That's true. Um, you don't. You work an hour a night. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if, if if you're doing hour spots, something it could be 15 minutes. You can watch all the college football you want all day long <laughs> on Saturday. <laughs> go and do then a have spot. Your show. Exactly. That's a very good point. So yeah, stand-up comic. I might need to move that one up. Ah, a few spots but <laughs> i love that yeah, that's yeah. a good one number four that's really good um tyler before we get into breaking down week one games we got to give a shout out for uh GoDaddy. is that it GoDaddy, yes one of the best uh website builders out there uh we use it here woos media have been for several years and they do a really good job with several different things if you want to track who's coming to your website if you want to set up a shop and sell items on your website if you want to set up a website for fantasy football i mean let's say you've been running a league for a while you want to you know conglomerate everything into one site it's really cheap some some domains if you get really specific you can get them for like 5 10 15 bucks for a year so check out godaddy they do a great job uh, my favorite place for uh website and a website building so go daddy great friend of the show and uh, go check him out go daddy go daddy also uh how about bet us should we uh talk about our other friend bet us yeah i mean before we break down the games we have to right uh, uh, you got to be betting with us uh, uh, excuse me betting with bet us well how about this Ooh, how about this for a little tagline bet with us and bet us like bet with us ah yeah okay. i mean you should be betting with us you should be tyler's gonna give out his picks yeah. uh i'm gonna give out mine and we're gonna see if i can if i can get some you know revenge on the bet board hey it's gonna be a good week i'm yeah. gonna be betting with bet us this weekend though I absolutely can tell you that much. And, and if you start betting with bet us you can shop around you can find some good lines and you can help us out by putting in promo code tailgate yep. what that's gonna do is get you a whole bunch of promos over the course of a couple weeks i mean they'd send emails very quickly once you send up once you sign up now here's what i recommend Sign up, put in promo code TAILGATE. Don't get the immediate bonus because it's a bit of a hefty rollover, but put in 20, 30, 40 bucks, whatever you, you know, feel is necessary. 500. 500, 5,000, and uh, start betting with them a little bit. You know, you'll, you'll find it easy to get your money in, easy to get your money out, just like any other sports book. But once you start doing that, they're going to send you offers and emails with a whole bunch of really good opportunities to sign up. So that's BetUS, promo code TAILGATE. And the other cool thing is, aside from like uh, some of these domestic books, like Bet, uh, BetMGM, FanDuel, other ones, 
BetUS has a casino, so you can play some roulette, play some blackjack, and uh, even bet on some entertainment things like the Academy Awards. So that's BetUS promo code TAILGATE. Uh, sign up today. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Tyler, you, I think, so we're going to break down. We have a lot of games to break down. I'm really excited about this. Um, you have like a handful of best bets you're going to be giving out, right? Yeah, I got three uh, best bets for the week. Okay, perfect. Three bets that I have made. Actually, two of them I've made. One of them I'm kind of strategically waiting, and I'll explain why when we get to that strategically game. Strategically waiting. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Uh, well, the first one, the, be- the best part about actually week one for me in Labor Day is that you get five straight days of college football. We're going to have the first game tomorrow. Uh, we have we have games Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Is this is this your favorite, or is bowl, like is this the best time, or is bowl season the best time? This is the best. Okay. Because now okay. we're excited. Like Bowl season is great, but it's we're also like, up. yeah, it comes with like a sad thing where it's like, man, this is the end. I hate goodbyes. And yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so like week one, you get literally five straight days of college football and still a full slate on Saturday. Um, that's why Labor Day is my favorite. It's not because I want to celebrate labor. It's because of college football. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I may have to ease up on that. We start off Thursday night tomorrow. Tomorrow. We have West Virginia at Pitt. Currently, West Virginia is a seven and a half point underdog on the road here at Pitt. It's a really interesting game, especially because you look at the two quarterbacks. Both these teams are playing uh, former Southern Cal transfer quarterbacks. <laughs> Pitt gets, of course, um, you know, uh, uh, JT or excuse me, West Virginia gets JT Daniels from Georgia, who came from USC to Georgia, Georgia to West Virginia, and then Pitt now has Keaton Slovis again. Two two former Southern Cal quarterbacks facing off. Uh, Tyler, what, you know what's your kind of what's your breakdown on this game? Uh, so I love Pitt this year. Uh, I think that Pitt's a little underrated in the AP poll. I think people around the country aren't giving Pitt, Pitt enough credit because. It's Pitt, and I think that this is going to be a theme that you're going to hear from me, well, last week, this week, next week. People don't like betting on these teams who traditionally aren't profitable to bet on. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, Pitt, mm, did they have a good year last year, 11-3, and three, or are they going to go back to the Pitt that we've seen before that, 6-5, and 8-5, and 7-7, and 5-7, and seven, the last uh, four years before that. So I think that this is a, a real team. Pat Narduzzi has really gotten his squad in there, and you can see it on the field last year. I mean, the efficiency went through the roof. So... I like Pitt, but I also think West Virginia is underrated. So this is a pass for me because when I get two teams that I want to bet on that I think are underrated in the market, it's tough for me to really pick which side has the value if the if the math isn't dragging me in one direction. JT Daniels could show up. Let's let's not forget last year. JT Daniels won the starting job at Georgia. Right. He played three of the first four games, got hurt. Bennett came in and looked amazing, but. It says a lot to me that Kirby Smart felt comfortable enough putting JT out there to start the year last year. And you got that sort of revenge factor, which I think we're going to see from a lot of quarterbacks this year. Spencer Rattler, JT Daniels, and I think we're going to see that early. So I want to bet on both these teams. Uh, by the way, West Virginia has one of the best offensive lines in the Big 12. So JT Daniels is going into a great situation. Uh, I also want to talk in this game about asymmetric risk. This is a reason why I'm waiting to bet a future game. But currently, the line is pit minus 7.5, correct? Yep. If you want to bet on West Virginia... You bet West Virginia now. If you want to bet on Pitt, you wait. Okay, here's why. Eight is a rather dead number in football. Eight and a half is a rather dead number in football compared to how powerful seven is. So if this line is going to go any direction, it's called asymmetric asymmetric risk because you're only risking one way. If it goes to seven and you want West Virginia, you may have lost a huge opportunity. You may not get the chance to bet seven and a half again. 
if it keeps falling, goes to six and a half, and you're going to really be pissed at yourself. But if you want Pitt, there's no reason to make that bet now because there's no real difference between seven and a half or eight, or really right. even eight and a half. So if it goes up a couple half points, you're not going to risk anything by betting Pitt. So just wait. The best is going to happen. You're going to get seven, maybe even six and a half. Right. You don't know. So if you want West Virginia, bet now. If you want Pitt, wait. And you can do this for every game where it's seven and a half or three and a half or two and a half or six and a half. It's, if it's close and you want the team where it's asymmetrically opposed, you can wait. That's really smart. So, so you're hopefully you're waiting for that number to drop and for Pitt to basically be a seven or six and a half point favorite, and then at that point you think you take them. I actually for this game I don't because the variance is too high that I think their line should be probably anywhere from Pitt minus seven to Pitt minus eight. So mm-hmm. I think even if it moves, even let's say if it goes down to Pitt minus six and a half, that half point is enough value for me to have confidence in this bet. So this is pretty much going to be a pass unless this line moves three or four points. I don't feel comfortable really in either direction because, again, I don't really want to fade either team even if I have a slight edge in this game. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, West Virginia, they they lost a lot of their secondary from last year and they had a really, you know, they were actually a pretty good defense last year, especially against the pass. But then you look at Pitt and they lose Kenny Pickett, Jordan Addison, and Mark Whipple, the offensive coordinator, is now at Nebraska. And that's a lot. And I get that, that actually you, you mentioned that West Virginia has a really good offensive line. Pitt does too. And they bring back all five of their starters, which is a huge factor. To me, I don't really want to trust either of these coaches. Both Pat Narduzzi and Neil Brown uh, are not great against the spread uh, in general. And you look at Pitt, you know, last year was an 11 win season and they were still only four and three against the spread as a home favorite. And under Pat Narduzzi, his entire time at Pitt, they're 20 and 24 against the spread as a home favorite again. Um, I know that you mentioned that that Pitt is not a team that typically people like to bet on, and that's true, but I actually feel like they're kind of a, a public favorite this year. They've got a lot of hype. Uh, this is probably their highest preseason ranking they've had in like God knows how long. Um, to me, that's seven and a half. I think I'm leaning towards West Virginia. I don't love it, but if I had to pick, I think I'd pick West Virginia plus seven and a half here. Yeah, I mean, in terms of Pitt overall, when I run what I project every, you know, you can do this multiple times for different sets of like power ratings that I have. Uh, I, I mean, Pitt comes out winning like nine and a half games on average. So I think Pitt could win double digit games this year. I think this could be another good team, like similar to what we saw last year, despite what they lost. But again, I'm not confident enough to pick against or pick on them right now. Yeah. And like Keaton Slovis could be amazing. He could come in and look like Kenny Pickett did last year, but Kenny Pickett was really, really fucking good last year. Um, and he's actually already showing a lot of positive signs for the Steelers. Like he might win the starting job there. And so losing him is a big deal. And I want to wait and see on, on how, you know, Keaton Slovis actually looks with a new offensive coordinator, uh, losing Jordan Addison, like like not having that on the offense is a big deal. So if I had to, I'm leaning West Virginia plus seven and a half here right now, but don't love it either way. Uh, but for, for now, I'm leaning West Virginia. Okay. Uh, next up, Penn State at Purdue. This is a big, big one for the Big Ten uh, right out of the shoot. Penn State currently a three and a half point favorite on the road at Purdue. This is a big year for Penn State. Uh, they really struggled last year. And, you know, with James Franklin signing a new extension, seems like there's positive feelings there overall. But to me, they're kind of a question mark team. Um, not a lot coming back on defense. And they lose Brent Pry, who is now the the head coach at Virginia Tech. Who He was the defensive coordinator under uh, James Franklin there for a while. They bring in Manny Diaz, the former Miami head coach. I don't know what he's going to be like as a defensive coordinator. This is a lot of question marks for me, Tyler. Where do you stand? Uh, this is a pass for me. Uh, I actually leaned with Penn State, but I don't want to bet on them minus three on the road. This is a really good spot for Purdue. 
and Purdue, when they've had advantageous spots the last couple of years, they've done very well against the spread. So for a lot of reasons that contradict what I like when I bet a game is it's kind of like uh, like being a, a, a lawyer, right? And I, I'm not a big fan of attorneys, right? Not, not the, <laughs> not, but, but, but that's the idea is you're building a case. Right. And you want a whole bunch of check marks for one team and not a whole lot for the other. So I found a lot of reasons to bet against Penn State, a lot of reasons to bet against Purdue, a lot of reasons to bet on Penn State, on Purdue, so on and so forth. So I just I didn't find anything that really stood out this game. Again, Purdue's in a great spot here. And I think everyone's kind of overselling Penn State, but I just think it's too easy. People forget. The teams are going on the road. That is like the biggest miss over, uh, biggest overlooked thing I think happens in the public is it's like, hey, I'll take them. It's only minus three. Yeah, but they're going on the road. Would you take them minus nine at home, minus nine and a half at home? Because that's what this, this line is saying. And just to be clear there, this line is pretty much saying the Penn State's about, let, let's, is it minus three or three and a half? Uh, it it let's just depends say on where you look. Let's just say yeah. three for the okay. sake of, of ease and simplicity right now. Okay. If Penn State's minus three on the road, that means Penn State's about six points better because you have to subtract three points when teams go on the road. Right. So if if Penn State's six points better and they're playing at home, you have to now add three points to Penn State, so they're minus nine. So that that's how you do a six-point swing for the spread, and a lot of people go, oh, I'd take Penn State minus three on the road, but minus nine at home, that's pretty steep for Purdue as a good team. I wouldn't take that. It's the same number, essentially. So it's it's just normalized. Wouldn't, for wouldn't, road. It, wouldn't it be oh, okay i see what you're saying yeah that makes sense yeah and so so people don't understand that pit minus or excuse me penn state minus three on the road is the same thing as penn state minus nine at home right or six normalized. minus six neutral field exactly right. so it's the exact same number but people aren't comfortable with it because nine's a big number over a touchdown three's a small number it's only a field goal right so well and i mean look purdue it, you know that's a that, playing at Purdue is not easy. Uh, that's a bit of a trap game. Uh, you know they call them the spoiler makers for a reason. They're really good at taking top ranked teams that come in and are feeling confident. We saw it last year with Michigan State. Yeah. Uh, Purdue does it constantly. However, it's usually in October or November when you see Purdue kind of play that spoiler role. Um, not week one. And to me, it's it's a lot um, easier to maybe catch a team off guard when they're in the middle of a season and they're coming off you know a tough win or something like that. And now Penn State should be ready. Um, I really like Tyler O'Connell, the the Purdue quarterback, but he loses his top three wide receivers, and they lose all of their NFL talent on the defensive line, which is most worrying for me uh, as far as on the field. Um, I think Penn State gets it done on the road and gets the cover, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Penn State minus three here. Awesome, I uh, I like that. So that's a bet for you. Yeah, I'm willing to give out Penn State minus three, and you know how much. I don't love picking James Franklin, so that should say something. <laughs> like, I'm all, honestly, I, w- I would love for Purdue to win that game. I'll be rooting for them, uh, frankly, because I love when they upset teams like that. But I, to me, I just don't see it this year as being a thing where Purdue gets that upset at home, at least week one. Okay. Um, is that it for our Friday games? Because one of my best bets is another smaller game on Friday. Uh, give it out, then. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. Uh, bet that I'm giving out. Uh, is this my first bet of the show? Or did I... Uh... Well, you gave out Northwestern... Oh, of, of today. Of today, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I am on Old Dominion, plus seven and a half, hosting Virginia Tech. Interesting. Uh, this falls into that category of people are not going to like betting Old Dominion because it's Old Dominion. And people are going to like betting <laughs> Virginia Tech because it's Virginia Tech. Now, let's start with Old Dominion. Now, again, not a lot of people know about them, but uh, their quarter or uh, their head coach, Ricky Rain, who took over at the end Ricky of the 2019 Rain. season... 
Uh, he's name. really got them playing well. Yeah, like a pop star. Great name. <laughs> or a porn star. Uh, they didn't play in 2020 <laughs> for COVID. They immediately won the most games in the last six seasons when he took over, and he's got this team really trending in the right direction. Last year, they finished Old Dominion. Finished 27th in offensive efficiency. Right. They won their last five games of the season, scoring over 35 points, or excuse me, averaging 35 points per game in that span. Uh, they bring back 10 starters on that very offense. In fact, they only lost four lettermen. So we always talk about starters and lettermen. They hardly lost anything on offense. And the uh, defense is bringing back the entire D-line and three of their four secondary. They're bringing back uh, 42 combined starts in the secondary. At home, Huge game against in-state opponent Virginia Tech. I really think Old Dominion shows up, surprises a lot of people. This could be one of those games where they're leading in the first quarter on the upset alert, you know? So uh, let's get to Virginia uh, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, Brent Pry, new head coach. First time he'll ever, you know, be on the football field leading a team. And I think he may have the more talented team, but this is a, a strange spot for a head coach going into a game that you're expected to win. Minus seven and a half on the road is a tough spot for any coach to be in much less your first you know, start of your entire career. Uh, Virginia Tech loses uh, seven starters on offense and 13 lettermen on offense uh, for a team that really struggled to score anyway. Remember, last year, they scored three points against Boston College yep. as a three-point favorite. Uh, given the amount of new faces, lack of experience, new coach, I just don't see this offense coming out on fire week one. Defensively, I don't think they're going to be too bad, but we talked about Old Dominion's offense, and I think they will move the football uh, defensively, Virginia Tech's bringing back seven starters, and Brent Pry is a defensive-minded coach. Okay, So I think their defense will be improved this year, but on the road against a good, that not a lot of people know is good, hungry, underrated team, I like Old Dominion here, plus seven and a half. So, best bet. Interesting, because there's actually a a, a, a bit of an emotional aspect that that is tied into this matchup. If you remember in 2018, Old Dominion upset Virginia Tech uh, at home is this game in uh, in Blacksburg or is it at it's Old Dominion? At Old Dominion, okay, again. So because at that game Virginia Tech was a twenty eight point favorite and they lost outright to Old Dominion. It was a massive upset at the time, and it makes me wonder if at the, at the very least Virginia Tech's not going to be caught sleeping for this game. But there's a difference between losing last year and losing four years ago. Oh yeah, for L- sure. New team, new coach, and so you're right. There is a revenge factor, but that's not nearly enough to overcome what I found to be the handicap. But you're right. I mean, a bit of a revenge. And what's I the guess. line? Eight? Uh, seven and a half. Seven and a half. Interesting. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I'm certainly not going to make it a bet a bet board game, but, um, you know, uh, it, it's something to think about. I, I like the pick, honestly. It's a little, little off the beaten path, which, yeah. which I'm into. So, Hey, Tyler. Yes. I have a question just as a novice to be polite better. Sure. As myself. For sure. Why are you making that bet at seven and a half, but you're waiting on the other one at seven and a half. Because if it happens to go down to seven, I would be so upset. That's the thing with asymmetric risk, right? If it goes up to eight... With the one you're waiting on. Uh, I'm waiting on another game. Right. Do you want me to say that? No, I'll just wait for it. But So this one I'm not waiting because I like the team that's plus seven and a half. So if I liked West oh. Virginia here, you'd wait. Because if it goes to eight, right, that would be bad for me, but not too bad. You mean Virginia Tech? Uh, Old Dominion goes to plus eight, or Virginia Tech goes to minus eight. Yeah, okay. if the line moves to eight, it, it, it's it's technically a worse line than I have now. But the difference between seven and a half and eight, it's not that big of a deal, right? And if it goes to eight and a half, still not that big of a deal. If it goes to plus nine, honestly, still not that big of a deal, right? right. It's only so, a big deal when you get to like ten. Yeah. So if it, if it closes like nine, nine and a half, and I have plus seven and a half, who cares? You know, I'm fine with that number. I'm not mad at myself. But if I waited and it went down to seven or six and a half, I'm now so pissed because I'm going to win so many more bets at seven and a half than seven. 
So that's why. But do you understand? Yeah. Okay. I got you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, we move on to Saturday's games, and we're starting off with a, with a good one. I love this matchup. Utah going on the road at Florida week one. Nice. Currently, the Utes a three-point road favorite. Um, look, this is such a fun matchup for me. I think that – I mean, Florida is such a tough place to play, and for this to be the first game for Billy Napier uh, as ho- head coach at Florida – I, the swamp is going to be loud. The fans are excited about the the direction this program is moving in. Um, and Florida still has a lot of talent on the field, frankly. Um, I don't love that the line hasn't moved that much. I think it opened like two and a half or two points, and now it's just Utah minus three. I would love for this to be um, more of like a pick'em game so I could jump on Utah. You know, we haven't really seen many seasons where Utah comes in as as the favorite in the conference, and many are picking them to make the playoff. That basically never happens, at least as far as the preseason goes. And I'm inter- interested to see how they handle that kind of pressure. Um, based off your like ratings, Tyler, like uh, how do you feel? Is this a game that you're that you're betting? Do you it, have a, a it, pick for this? It's not. As a matter of fact, my ratings are very very close to this. I have uh, Utah seven and a half points better. And I've got Florida's home field actually just over four points. So given all that, I've got right around Utah minus three, three and a half being my number. What is it right now? What's the consensus? So it's it's right. And to me, I don't make bets if, if the line's correct. I only make bets if the line's wrong, or at least I perceive it to be wrong. So I think this line is spot on. And this actually, Will, is one of those situations that you were talking about earlier where if it creeps in one direction, if it goes to, let's say, four and a half, then I like Florida plus four and a half. If it goes down well, to that'd be a big move, that'd be a, that'd be a point and a half. It would, but 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 just hypothetically, if right. it goes four and a half, I like Florida four and a half. If it goes to uh, one and a half or right. maybe two, then I then I'd uh, or two and a half, really, right? Or two and a half, then I probably lean uh, uh, Utah. Utah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's that that minute of a, and that's three such a big deal. By the way, a little stat out there: when you get games that close minus three. They hit on three about 10% of the time, which is a giant number. I mean, if you look at the pattern distribution for other games, uh, the the fact that it lands on three one out of 10 outcomes is really big. So that's that's a key number. I think I'm leaning Utah minus three here because truly, I, I think they're the better team and they should win. You know, I do too. It, the, the, the question mark, and you probably agree, it's what are we going to see from Florida? They're total, they're total for sure. well, crapshoot. And it just sets up well. Like I could see Florida winning this game and then still only winning like seven or eight games. And it, I think it's going to be a, a long, you know, a a marathon, not a sprint for Florida this year with a new head, uh, new head coach. Um, I think they have a long way to go as far as like being a contender in the SEC East. But for this to be like this is an easy game for Billy Napier to fire up his players for, and especially with with the slate wiped clean. Like we've seen it in recent years where Florida State has had bad years, but like in the first game or two, they actually come out and they look good because they're talented and they feel like they can win because they haven't lost those games yet to understand that maybe they shouldn't feel super confident. And so it's it's almost like they don't know what they don't know yet. Yeah. Um, Utah should win. They should be the better team. To me, it's, it's just ripe for an upset, but it's not enough to where I'm going to pick Florida uh, in this game. The fact that, that Utah is traveling all the way from you know essentially the West Coast to Florida and they're still three point favorites is pretty indicative to me that Utah is the better team here. So I'm leaning Utah minus three. Although, you know, it it just wouldn't surprise me to see Florida actually come out and win this game. Yeah, this is a good line to me and it should be a really, really good game. And you're right, that travel is going to have an impact. Yeah, no bet board games yet. Interesting. No bet board games. Uh, we'll ne- see. Next up, Nor- I think I have. Well, I think I know one for sure. North Carolina. I'm going to text Ryan. Ryan. I'm going to text you what I think our bet board games are going to do. See if I'm right. <laughs> North Carolina at App State. This is this line has come down a lot. So North Carolina is currently just one and a half point favorites wow. at App State. It opened up; they were four point favorites, 
But and look, Tyler says it all the time. He said it last week. Don't overreact to what happened the previous week. And I get that. But you look at what happened in week zero. North Carolina was like 60-point favorites over Florida A&M. Um, because Florida A&M had like 20 players that were ineligible and couldn't play. They barely had enough offensive linemen to, to actually feel the janitor team. was long snapping. Exactly. Yeah. And, and they won by like 20 points or something. It was, and look, part of that could be that Mac Brown was like, Hey, we're not going to go and just like, you know, destroy a bunch of kids that, 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 that where they can barely feel the team right now. I wouldn't doubt that if that factored into their, to how they ran, you know, kind of game flow, how aggressive they were with play calling. But North Carolina hasn't convinced me that they look very good. And you look at App, App State is good. They're a really good team as far as, as the, uh, the AAC, or excuse me, the Sun Belt is concerned. Um, this is exactly the kind of game that they relish. App State loves kind of playing upset to, to bigger programs. And they don't oft, often get Power 5 programs that are willing to actually travel and play a game at App, App State. Um, it's a regional thing for them, obviously. And... You know, this is a trap game for North Carolina. I wish the line was still closer to four, but if I'm leaning one way or the other, honestly, I'm leaning App State because to me, I think they'll be more disciplined. I know that North Carolina has way more talent, and frankly, they should win this game and they should be able to score a lot. But I don't like that North Carolina's all over the place. They, they seemingly are a team that is not disciplined and they don't live up to the talent level that Mac Brown has brought in there. So currently, right now, I'm leaning App State plus one and a half. Uh, I don't have a lot on this game. I don't love this game at all. My power ratings here, let's see. I've got Appalachian State uh, about three points better than average, and I've got North Carolina uh, about four points better than average. So I've got UNC so right one there. point better, and it's at App State, right? Yeah, it's at App State. And so let's, let, let, let's say roughly three. So I've got App State about minus two. What's the spread? North Carolina minus one and a half. So that's actually a pretty big variance because yeah, it is. for you, it should be, you know, North Carolina, it should be App State minus two at this yeah. point based off of home, home field advantage. Exactly. And here's why I'm hesitant. Everyone in the world right now is down on North Carolina. Right. And I don't like seeing that. Like uh, someone who I really respect on uh, Twitter, he's a pro better. His name's Brad Powers. He was saying automatic fade North Carolina next week. They're going to lose outright, right? When you get that that drastic, like we talked about before on this show, anytime anything seems obvious, I don't like going that direction. And I think everyone right now, including myself, thinks it's obvious for, well, for, for different reasons, to go on App State. That's the only reason I'm hesitant, but my numbers say App State. I'm going to actually stay away from this one because I think that what we could see from from UNC is a very motivated team, right? Who is they could a point, explode and score exactly, a lot of points? Who is a point better in my ratings? Who Mac Brown now has a reason to actually go out and I think there's something to what you said. He may have been holding a little bit back week one. They're not playing anybody, so there's a lot of very. And I don't want to keep using these these keywords, but there's a lot of ways this game can go. And uh, for that reason, I'm staying away. But I do lean App State. Okay, so is enough. that a bet for you, or are you just lean in App State as well? Uh Oh, fuck so, well, it. Fuck it. I'm going to make it a bet. App State okay. plus one and a half. Right. Um, it's not a bet board. We haven't. We don't have a bet board game, but I know that you have a really good... You you really love... You have a best bet on the next game we're going to break down, so this could be a bet board game potentially. Uh, Army at Coastal Carolina. Yes. What an interesting matchup. So currently, Coastal Carolina, a two-point home favorite here. Um, Smitty and I have talked about it many times in this show how much we've become like fan favorites Coastal. of Coastal. I love the jerseys, the colors. I love Jamie Chadwell. 
Um, I think that they're a really fun team to root for, and I love those, you know, the Sunbelt teams, the AAC teams. They're teams that I want to root for, and they seem to just have kind of a fun culture going there. Um, but they lose almost their entire defense. Uh, they're thin and inexperienced at linebacker, which does not bode well for playing an option team right out of the chute. No. Um, and Army brings back a ton of guys on offense, including their air quotes quarterback, really. He's just a, a really good running back. Um, there is a new rule change this year, I understand, around cut blocking. They've changed some some of the rules, so I think it could negatively affect um, how service academy teams and, and option teams can run their offense. They're not like outright banning it. I don't really quite understand how the rule is specifically, but my understanding is that it is going to make it a little harder on on uh, these service academy and option running teams in order to do what they're used to doing, which is just like all kinds of cut blocking left and right. And you want you know when other teams play them, they always complain that their defensive linemen are are you know getting injured uh, with all the cut blocking. Um, I don't love I don't love uh, picking Coastal Carolina here. I think I'm I'm totally leaning Army plus two. Strictly because Coastal loses so much on defense, and like I said, they're thin at that linebacker position, which is so crucial when, when facing an option team. So I'm going Army plus two here, Tyler. Hey, Will, real quick. Yeah. Uh, that new rule. So it, um, it it allows blocking below the waist only by linemen or stationary backs inside the tackle box. Oh, so you can cut block, but only in the tackle box. So like basically, basically right at the line and, of scrimmage. And you can't be in motion. You can't be running... Oh, interesting. Into the tackle box and then cut somebody at the legs. Obviously, the same rules apply, and you, you can't come in from the sides or the back. But okay. So it's only linemen and stationary backs. And so, it doesn't seem that different. They made another rule change in 2018, and I'm reading an article on SB Nation, and this is 2018. Is college football's new rule on cut blocks going to harm the triple option? So I think every time there's a change, this is a concern. Sure. Um, but, Will, you said you're on Army. Yeah, I mean, look, I really like Grayson McCall, and and Coastal is a team, again, that I, I like and I want to root for, but I just can't pick them here. By the way, this is two and a half at a lot of places. Okay. So, uh, two, two and a half God right around damn, there. I'm on Army, too. I re- <laughs> I, and that's not the one I guessed, but I really thought we were going to have a bet board game. Maybe you, you two Coastal. aren't so different. <laughs> I know. Um, Maybe I'm just getting a little smarter. I'm getting my ass kicked so hard, i got to have some better picks. So, uh, my handicap here, uh, let's start with Coastal. I think they actually... It's kind of funny when you dive deep into Coastal last year, they really stretched their luck with, guess what? Special teams, okay? Listen to this. They were 10th in the country in special teams. And by the way, Phil Steele has them closer to 80th this year because they lose their kicker, punter, kick returner, and long snapper. That's a lot. But they're estimated last season to have the most total points added from special teams. Okay, that's in all of 2021. And this is a team that found themselves in five games within a touchdown. Yep. So that helped them win a couple games, actually. So aside from special teams, they're losing their leading rusher, three best receivers, eight of their top 10 tacklers, and they have the youngest team in the five years Jamie Chadwell's been there. Army, on, their, on the other hand, loaded, experienced. I think they're ready to hit the ground running, so to speak. You can hit the butt push if you want to on <laughs> That's that. That's a good pun. They return eight <laughs> starters. not throwing. <laughs> All right. They return eight starters on offense. Uh, by the way, that means they're replacing three starters on offense. Two of them are offensive linemen. And if there's one school that can plug and play, it's going to be Army. Uh, they've got the talent on offense to grind out first downs, control the call, control the pace. And defensively, Phil Steele actually project, projects Army to have the best passer defensive rating since 2016. So they're going to be tough to move the ball on through the air compared to the typical Army team who thrives on stopping the rush. But don't sell the rush short. They, they're returning uh, two of the three starters, and they bring back a total of 44 career starts. 
on the defensive line. Expect Army to give Coastal some trouble on both sides of the ball, and I think they actually win on the road, but this is the game I talked about, asymmetric risk. Army currently plus two and a half. I'm waiting for either two or three. If it goes down to two and seems like I'm not going to get a three, because you can see if you go to pregame.com, and you go to the game center, you can keep track of all the sports books in the world. So what you can see is if there's a trickle effect and, and some start to move to, to two, then one and a half, you can still find these rogue numbers at a lot of different sports books if you just look for it. So if the line does move to two, we can probably still find some two and a halves. If the line does move to one and a half, we can probably still find some twos. Okay, so I'm holding out for a three. I'm hoping I get a three. It did open three, so I'm hoping it bounces back there. But one of those games where I'm taking army, I'm waiting, I'm looking every day, every hour at the line. If it moves to three on any website, I'm going to make that bet. Minus 110. Okay, not three minus 120, not three minus 125. Minus three, minus 110. Right. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to take it if it starts to go down to minus two or minus one and a half. So. Okay, we're both on army. Man, yep. are we going to get a bet board game week one or not? This is crazy. Um, NC State at Eastern Carolina. Now, right now... The Wolfpack are 11-point favorites going on the road to East Carolina, Eastern Carolina. I mentioned it when we were doing our, our breakdowns this year. Um, I really like what this ECU team can be. Um, I think they're a super underrated team in, in the AAC, which is already a really good conference. We know that the AAC is a good conference. There's a lot of good teams. They bring back um, a lot of, of experience from last year on both the offensive and defensive side of, of the ball. Um, and I like their quarterback, Holden, Holden, uh, Allers, Allers. I don't know how you pronounce Holden it. Holden Caulfield. I'm usually watching those games, frankly, on mute. So I don't hear the announcers because the, you know, whatever the, the big game is, they're getting the volume and the <laughs> other games are on mute. So I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong, but I, I'm frequently muting cause, uh, I get so, I get driven crazy by the announcers and I'm just like, shut. Oh, oh, some of them are the worst, Especially man. if they just don't know what's... Or, you know, or they start Side talking note, shit about like my team. If we're going to break away from to, to talk about that for a second, um, outside of Fowler and Herb Street, who I do like, and maybe one other ESPN crew, ESPN's college football teams are so fucking boring. I think it's because they've been cutting so many costs, they don't have any real talent right. left. Well, and, and it's look, like everyone left over. There's like Greg McElroy, who by the way, knows a ton about football. He is super informed, and he, he's never like wrong, but he's so fucking boring, and I'm sorry to admit it, yeah. but like, the, he is painfully boring. Brock Hewitt, same thing. not quite so sure what to do with my hands. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, you it's can just, just put him down at your He just never <laughs> says anything interesting. He sounds like, like if you could make in a a college football commentator at, from a robot, like an AI football commentator, it Ooh. would just be Greg McElroy. He's idea. just not exciting or fun at all. And so, yeah, I agree with you. A lot of times, like if even if it's the the top game at that time, I always mute if he's on. I'm really sorry if for all the Greg McElroy fans <laughs> out there. I'm sure he's a great guy. I just think he's painfully boring. So, uh, just a bit of an aside great. there. <laughs> um, so, NC State at ECU. Yeah, look, I like this ECU team. Um, I think they're a sleeper in the AAC. But to me, this NC State team is focused, and they have really big goals. They really want to compete for the ACC championship team this year. And frankly, they can do it. They're bringing back so much on both sides of the ball. They have a really good offensive line, a really good defense. Um, if it were week three, I'd be more worried about NC State maybe overlooking ECU here. And I know the ECU has pulled upsets in the past. They've like teams like Virginia Tech, all the you know a lot of ACC and kind of coastal teams that are willing to travel and play a game at ECU have gotten stuck there. 
And, it, and if this was week three, I think that NC State could overlook them more. But the fact that this is week one, um, I see them actually dominating ECU with a line of scrimmage. I think Dylan Leary has a big game. I like NC State covering the spread here. Uh, I think they're a, a real sleeper to to win the ACC. Maybe not even sleeper. I think they could win the ACC at this point. I think they're a really good team, so I'm taking the Wolfpack here minus 11. I, I mean, I'm not going to make it a bet because I didn't come in wanting to make you it a bet. You want to make it a bet board, though, I don't do. you? I really want to. I just... Go with your heart, Tyler. I just think that that <laughs> I don't think that's the right side. You know, if I had to make a bet, it would be on ECU this game. Just let the audience know, but I just don't have a super, super deep handicap. There could be a couple things I'm overlooking. My pure, pure numbers say ECU's the play, but I'm not going to bet against you. So you're they not trusting your own numbers. I mean, well, who, who are you if you can't stand up on your own, you know, no. stand behind your product? Because that's what I would say. These numbers are really good, really accurate, but... Look, if it were all math, there'd be a lot more strict mathematicians winning in football. It's a blend. You know, it's a combination. There's a little bit here, a little bit there. And and it's not just 100% the numbers. There's a little secret sauce that goes into some of this stuff. So I can't make it a bet. Okay, fair enough. I like NC State. Uh, we move on now to the West Coast. Boise State going on the road at Oregon State. Uh, currently, Oregon State, a three-point home favorite here. Uh, they had a really exciting team last year. Uh, I love the quarterback play from Chance Nolan. Um, and Boise State, pretty disappointing year last year. I think they won seven or eight games. And from, from Boise State standards, that's really bad. They do bring back a lot of starters. Hank Bachmeyer is still there for like the eight, 18th season or whatever. <laughs> um, I think that uh, Oregon State has the edge offensively uh, and, and at the offensive line especially. I, I think that they will score this game, um, but I think that Boise State could score too. And typically, Boise State plays up for their big games, right? They, they usually get a couple each year, um, whether it be you know playing a team. You know, Usually, they get like a pretty good non-conference matchup, yep. and they show up for those games. They played UCF last year. Um, you look at their schedule this year. This is their biggest non-conference game. They don't play anyone bigger than this. And so to me, that means that Boise State is going to get up for this. I wish that this was more of a pick'em game um, so I could take Oregon State because they're a team that I'm really excited about. But with Boise State being a three-point uh, underdog here, again, this probably being the biggest game outside of maybe the BYU game on their schedule, uh, I, I like uh, Boise State plus three here, Tyler. Oh, we can keep moving. I don't have a whole lot on this game uh, to add uh, in addition to what you said. Interesting. Okay. You're usually like a Boise guy. I think they're a team that, again, has, and I'm not saying like you're, but they're usually a team that's undervalued. Sure, Wouldn't you sure. agree? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Well, yes. I like Boise State plus three there. We move on to the bigger matchups. Am I, am I more sensitive this year? Oh, no. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, am I, am I just, am I, a beat am on I being one. more? <laughs> I know. No, Will, it's okay. I just, I wasn't it. trying to say that like you, you know, you're eating a, a Boise uh, or an Boise Idaho sandwich. potato right now or anything, <laughs> but I think they're a team you like to bet on typically. And again, they because are, they are. you bet on value, un, not yeah, on teams. Because yeah, they're a little underrated usually, but no, I don't have a lot for this game. A again, to add uh, in addition to what you said. Okay. Now we're getting into the big games. Uh, Cincinnati at Arkansas. Right now, Arkansas is six-and-a-half-point home favorite. Um, wow. I mean, I love this matchup for Cincinnati. They lose so much talent to the NFL from last year. They were a really good team last year. We saw it. They made it to the playoff. Uh, they, frankly, they played Alabama better than a lot of teams did. Um, I think if this was last year's Cincinnati team, they go on the road, they beat Arkansas, and they probably beat them pretty easily. Um, but to me, they lose all that talent to the NFL, and Cincinnati's not a team – that can replace them that easily, at least not yet. And maybe they'll get there one day. And I know Luke Fickle's a great coach. Um, I don't love 
I think this is going to be a low-scoring game because you're going to have two teams that like to run the ball and play defense. Um, Tyler, where are you leaning here? Uh, I think that <laughs> I know I said this the last couple of games, but I don't like to force picks, and I have a lot of reasons to go on both teams here. Cincinnati is a very good team. Okay, they've reloaded. I think that they're going to be just fine at quarterback. And Luke Fickle mm. is, in my opinion, one of the most underrated head coaches in the country. So he's going to have his team 100% ready. But Arkansas, I don't think that that's a fluke last year. And uh, KJ Jefferson is going to come out, and I think he's going to hit the ground running. This is a team that could be very, very good and surprise some people from continuing it on last season. Uh, by the way, 19-3 and in season opening games. So Arkansas starts the season very well. A lot of reasons to bet on both teams, and this is similar to one of the first games we talked about on today's show where both teams are underrated. It was the West Virginia game, right? Yep. Same thing here. Arkansas, I think, could be a bet on team early in the year. Cincinnati, for sure, could be a bet on team. And that's funny because a lot of people who follow Cincinnati are on to Cincinnati. We love Cincinnati, and they are one of the more public group of five teams. Right. But even so, I mean, they would be competing in a lot of Power Five conferences, and I don't think there's any reason to start discrediting them, but Arkansas... They sometimes fall behind the radar, like some teams do in the SEC, because it's the SEC. Very good matchup week one. I don't want to bet against either of these teams, so really no strong lean for this game. Yeah, I mean, I just think that that even though Cincinnati is a tough team, it's it's going to be hard. That Frank, I mean, they had so much. They had real legit NFL dudes. Sauce Gardner, who was already like a, a star, uh, and I get it. It's just preseason for the Jets. He looks really good. He was an amazing corner. They lose their, both their starting cornerbacks. The other guy won an award for one of the best corners in the nation as well. I don't remember his name. It was Kobe something. Um, they lose talent on the de- they lose talent at such key positions: quarterback, running back, wide receiver, offensive line, defensive line, secondary. That's concerning for me. I know that that Luke Fickle has been building depth there, but the idea that he's just going to be able to replace them to the level of what those guys were, I think, is crazy. I like Arkansas but, minus six and a half. But here. Arkansas is also losing some talent. Arkansas loses four of their top five receivers, six of their top eight tacklers. Yep. So they're losing a lot on the outside. So if you think the receivers can fill in, then Arkansas's bet. So you're going to Arkansas. That's a bet for you. Yeah, Arkansas minus six and a half, and I get it. You, like they lose talent, but to me. Arkansas wasn't as reliant on on that talent last year because that that was Sam Pittman's first year and they were that good. That was his first year at Arkansas. Luke Fickle had time to build that kind of squad at Cincinnati and obviously it showed with how good they were last year. But to me, Sam Pittman might be a guy who can have Arkansas at like minimum eight games, nine games every year because he didn't even have that much talent to, to begin with when he started there, and now he's actually building the team how he likes it. So I like Arkansas here, minus six and a half. All right, uh, so the four bets I have for you so far, Penn State minus three, App State plus one and a half, Army plus two and a half, Arkansas minus six and a half. Am I right? Did I miss any? Um, NC State minus 11, uh, and uh, leaning Utah minus three. I mean, at this point, fuck it. I'm just going to give it out. Utah minus three, Penn State minus three, App State plus one and a half, Army plus two, NC State minus 11, Boise plus three, Arkansas minus six and a half. And we still have the biggest games of the weekend to give out too. Boise I mean, plus three also on that? Yeah. Will's all Will Will's just Will goes one and three last week and he just starts bet, bet, bet. He's like, a, he's like a kid in a candy store. <laughs> Only man. one way to get back on top. It is give out some, well, some winners. I, I wanted to clear, clarify this up because I had one of our listeners who is also a friend of ours who likes to track our bets, both of our bets. He likes to, to track yours and actually bet yours too. And I didn't get this last week, the Nevada game. He's like, we'll bet Nevada. And because I, I didn't put that it on the thing. That was my only winner that I gave out. Yeah, but I <laughs> went, back, like one of like I went two. back and listened, and you were very clear with it. You weren't clear with the Nevada bet. 
You well, said it was just because they were both shitty teams. Yeah, I know, but you got to be clear for the audience from now on. I see. Like, like real definitive. If you're making bets, just just because people like to bet both of our games. Okay. And so I'll, if it's if it's a real stay away, I'll tell you that for much. sure. For I, sure. If, otherwise, you can you can bet that that's that's something <laughs> that I, I'm betting myself. Um, but, but if you're counting for right, and we're doing records and stuff like that. It's fair to the audience to be clear about leans and then yeah. the actual bets. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm giving them all out at this point. Uh, we move on <laughs> to the big matchups. I'm really excited to hear Tyler's breakdown for this one, especially. Uh, Oregon versus Georgia. Technically, it's a neutral site game. The game is in Atlanta, which basically means the home game for Georgia. Uh, Georgia currently a 17 and a half point favorite. This line has come up big time. It opened up at 14. Um, obviously, Georgia defending national champions. They bring back Stetson Bennett. They bring back a lot of the offense, frankly, and they lose. I mean, how many guys they have drafted off that defense? Like eight guys or something? It was yeah. absurd. Um, Bo Nix probably getting it sounds like he's going to get the start for Oregon. That's what all the reports are saying. Bo Nix. You have a ton of familiarity with the coaching staffs here, obviously. Dan Lanning, the new head coach of Oregon, he was the defensive coordinator at Georgia last year. Uh, Bo Nix has played multiple games against Georgia when he was at Auburn, and he didn't fare very well. And so I think there's a lot of really interesting um, uh, mix here of, of coaches that know what the other teams are going to be doing. And Tyler... Do you expect this to be like a high-scoring game? Because with a spread like this, 17.5 points, you're either saying Georgia's going to dominate uh, Oregon and it's not going to be a very high-scoring game, or both teams are going to score here, Georgia's just going to score way more. I don't see it being particularly high-scoring, but I think both offenses will have success. Um, I want to hear your pick before I give mine. <laughs> ah. I want to see where you're at this game because, Ryan, what did I, I texted you. This is the game I thought that we were yep. going to have a bet board game. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I wanted to see what you're on it before. And then, well, I, and then I immediately texted Will what you thought. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, I, haven't, I haven't looked at my phone anyway. I already know you're, you're, you're cut off. I already know you're picking Oregon because here's yeah. the thing is that is that I was trashing Oregon like air quotes trashing, which is really just saying that, that I think they're a little overhyped in general and they have been for the last few years, I would say. Um, you think I'm picking Oregon because of that? You know me better than that, Will. Well, no, it's not because of that. It's because I think that you know that I don't want to pick Oregon, and that's why, and, and you're... Yeah, yeah, I, you're, knew, I knew that this line would be 20, and you'd still, still pick Georgia. <laughs> well, I'm not even saying that. Look, here's 17 and a half is a lot, and my main concern it isn't that I think Oregon is going to really compete with Georgia. Um, I don't think that that's the case. I don't think Oregon has a chance at winning this game, um, but do I think they can cover 17 and a half? Maybe. That's a big number, okay. and frankly, I think this could be a, a kind of a low-scoring matchup. So I have a couple things to say. I don't like saying they don't have a chance of winning this game, right? They certainly have a chance of winning this game. Are you telling I, me... I don't think so. So you're putting it at 0%? I'm putting it at like less than 5%, I, which is I, small. I that, think... That's basically next to nothing. I so think, you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> I mean, we, we can calculate what it is if someone wants to pull up the money line, but it's, it's certainly not 5%. I, I will. I think that's crazy, okay? I think they would. Well, again, I, I don't know what the. Can I pull this up real quick? Maybe on. Uh, yeah, yeah, pull website. it up. Look, all I'm saying is that Georgia, for whatever reason, I mean, they're the defending national champions. Look, and I know that. It's 17 and a half for a reason, right? I don't know. So, so I know that thinking that a 17 and a half point underdog winning outright is, is a long shot, which clearly it is. But I don't think that we should say. And by the way, a little plug, quick shameless plug. My, my show that I do every day, Sports Betting Daily. Um, I talked about this today. Now, you guys are going to be upset because I used a clip from last week's show about you guys talking about Vandy Hawaii. <laughs> so I used a clip of you guys on the show to like as like an that example. That was licensed, right? sir. I, I, I Look at that. these dummies. Yeah, yeah that's Moves Media license. <laughs> I did use that. I was like, these guys are going to hate me if they listen to this podcast. We signed on the dotted but, line. But my, my point of that was that it's called pattern of distribution, okay? And it's all about standard deviations and variance. And what that means is 
there's a lot of expected outcomes. So when we see something like Vanderbilt 6310, we think that's the answer. Right. The, the line was wrong. That's the answer. Last year, and I know I've used this before, when it was Alabama-Georgia, Georgia's minus six, Alabama wins 41-24. We go, that's the answer. Alabama should be the favorite, right? And then Georgia's is a slight favorite, you know, two points, three points next game. What happens? They win 33-18. Oh, well, that's like the new, what, what's going on? How could that have ever happened? And the, my point is, if we had the luxury of seeing Vanderbilt-Hawaii play over and over again, this may sound crazy to all of you, and this is my point on my show today, Mathematically, this is pretty much a mathematic factual, factual statement. If they play 100 times, Hawaii is winning five of those games. I know right. it sounds crazy for us to think that because they just lost 63-10 and we go, no, they wouldn't. You're an idiot, Tyler. But five out of 100 times, weird things happen. And I'm talking about same team, same night, same circumstances. So having said that, you know, my, my point with all of this is, and getting back to the money line thing here, I think 5% is just too low of a number and we don't give underdogs nearly enough of a chance to stay in games, to compete in games. And I know it's Georgia, right? This is Georgia, one of the best teams in college football the last couple of years. Last like five years, they've been right behind Alabama. So it's tough to even bet against them with 17 points, right? But I just want to be careful saying 0% chance, 5% chance. It's it's generally not not that drastic so that's that that's all i, I had to say there, that's so. fine look and again like i think oregon could actually they could win the pac-12 they could be a playoff team truly i i bo nix was playing really actually really good football i can't believe that i'm admitting that because i trashed him for years his first couple years at auburn i thought he was a, a, a bum that turned the ball over and and he was he played really good last year before he got hurt for auburn um he, it was really impressive and at a place like oregon he has a chance to really shine especially throughout the season as he plays Pac-12 defenses that aren't super good. Um, I, this isn't even really about Oregon. I'm, not, I'm really not trying to like dog on Oregon here. They're a really good team. Um, Georgia somehow, I, I, you know, I know they're losing it. We know what Alabama is. People are like forgetting them and writing them off and saying like they don't even have a chance. Like no one's even mentioning that they have a chance to win the SEC. Everyone is just writing in Alabama at this point. And I think that's crazy because even though they lose so much talent – on the you know on the defense they were deep at defense last year like there were times when they were up huge last year and the starters were out and guess what the backups were still in there pitching shutouts um i think this is going to be a really good and it's insane to think that a team that won the national championship can have a chip on their shoulder going right. into the year and georgia has that this year because people are that's not, dangerous not, that's it's crazy and so you know 17 and a half is a lot of points if this was under 17 i'd probably lean georgia here I would pick Oregon plus seventeen and a half, but no, I would never pick them to win this game outright. Uh, and I know you, you're. I know I understand the math behind it. Sure. So, so I don't I, think I, they I, have a chance. I, I just did look it up. But so it's uh, the no vig approximation that the market right now is saying is there's about an eighty eight point nine percent chance Georgia wins. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, to to use your 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 phrase, you know, what are we talking about here? Because most times, look at anything that's eighty eight point nine percent. You know. Clearly, that's going to happen right 80, almost a certain eighty nine percent of the time. So eleven percent right. of the time they're going to win, but one out you know eleven out of a hundred times Oregon will win that game. So that's you know I just think we have to give them a little more credit. But also, half of the outcomes are going to according to you know the spread they're going to either win or lose by sixteen or less. Right. So here's my handicap for this game. I think that a lot of this is about fading Georgia. And I know that sounds weird to do, but I, I actually disagree, Will. I don't think they are going to be on the same level they were last year. I think they take a, a step backwards, and I'm not even so sure that at the end of the year, not right now, because right now, I think they're the second best team in the nation. At the end of the year, 
I'm not so sure they're the second best team in the in the SEC. And I'm not trying to be hot take or hyperbolic. I legit think they're going to be third or worse in my in my power rankings. Um, Kirby Smart knows how to win, knows how to coach. So they lose eight starters on defense, but that's actually not a huge reason why I'm fading them. I think Kirby Smart's going to have these guys ready to go. We're talking five-star, world-class football players. They're going to be fine. It all comes down to Georgia just being slightly overrated and Oregon just being slightly underrated. Dan Lanning downgrade is too much. Bo Nick's concerns are too much. By the way, if he even starts. Defensive concerns are are too much. This is a good team. And are they Georgia, Bama on that level? No, nobody in the country is. But they are starting a game with a 17 and a half point lead. That has to count for something. Right. I think that's just a bit too much. So we talked about JT Daniels earlier. Let's not forget the narrative last year when Stetson Bennett came in. Is he good enough? He's average. He's a game manager. And then less than a year later, we want to put him as quarterbacking you know, one of the best teams in the country without all the help and without all the great pieces around him. So I think that's a huge ask from Stetson Bennett, and that could be whoever it's pointing a finger at because he's not going to excel. He's not going to, in my opinion, shine and lead this team. They're not going to win because of Stetson Bennett, I think. And so if there's going to be someone to point a finger at, they only won by four points. They potentially lost only. I think people are going to point the finger at Stetson Bennett and start calling for the backup sooner than later. Um... Let's see here. No, that, that, that's pretty much my last note. I think that it all adds up to uh, an elite team in Georgia, but not that elite. A very good team in Oregon who's going to have a much better offense than people think. Oregon's bringing a ton back. I was looking at... I like to look at like local outlets for this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, the talent they have offensively, they brought in some very good transfers, a lot on, on the line. I think their entire line is back. Um, Oregon is going to be Everyone good. But, but Thibodeau. Are you being the offensive line? Offensive line, line yeah. yeah. So Oregon's going to surprise some well, people. Sewell now, it is, drafted, it is an ask. And I factor in this in, obviously, going on the road. I'm I'm counting this as a road game. So, yeah. The, the, yeah. And, and the reason I do that is it's sort of like an extra margin of error. Because right. if they're playing between the hedges, that is a bit of a different road game than this. Right. And so I'm counting this as a true road game. And uh, I'll take Oregon plus 17 and a half. We'll make it a bedboard no, game no, no. first. Oh. I, did, I didn't pick Georgia. Oh, you weren't listening I thought, to me. Oh, I, I said Georgia. Ha- I said o- Oregon has no chance at winning, which I still all stand on that. I, I, I'm leaning Oregon plus 17 and a half because that is a big number. And you're right. Like Stetson, ben- Stetson Bennett uh, might be a little overhyped we're, for sure. You're going out on a limb saying a team with an 11% chance to win isn't going to. Well, look, I, I just think that Stetson Bennett isn't going to be the asked to do a lot. And yeah, they, he loses George Pickens. They bring back the tight ends, uh, almost all the offensive line. They do lose a running back, but they're loaded there. The question mark for Georgia to me is the defense. And I know that losing Dan Lanning for sure is a big deal, and he has the familiarity there. But whenever you have two coaching staffs that know each other, I give the edge to the one that has more talent. And frankly, I think that's Georgia. Um, again, I, I'm not I'm not picking Georgia minus 17 and a half here. If it was mm. if it was a short if it was closer to 14 where it opened, I, I would I think I'd be uh, be picking Georgia. But 17 and a half is a big number, so Damn. actually we're on the same side here. Damn, it's I, not I, a bad point. I, I you know what I did? You're right. I wasn't listening. I just <laughs> I just already assumed he was going to pick Georgia. No. So I was already marking it up as a bet board game. Walsy trying to pull the okie doke just I for know. the bet board. <laughs> I know. Uh, We move on. Another big spread, another big matchup. Notre Dame at uh, Ohio State week one. This one's huge. Again, line open closer to 14. Now it's 17. Um, 
uh, Marcus Freeman, first year head coach at Notre Dame, played at at Ohio State. That's his uh, that's his school. He's an alum. Uh, it's a big deal. And we had like weird, you know, we had uh, Marcus Freeman saying like when he learned that the the spread was fourteen earlier in the offseason, he was like, I hope it goes up. Well, it did. And now he's saying we're using that as a motivating factor for our players. Um, to me, it's a little gimmicky to come out and be like so focused on the spread as a head coach. Again, like I think that. That Marcus Freeman, um, I think things could go bad for him at Notre Dame. However, this game is interesting because this is a big line. Everyone is already penciling Ohio Ohio State as a national championship contender. Um, some people are saying that they're just going to win it. They're going to be the national championship team. To me, I I have to see what this defense can do because last year, you know, we talked about it when we broke down the Big Ten. Um, Ohio State struggled against just the top-tier teams they played, especially at, at stopping the run. And you look at Notre Dame, they have a really good offensive line. I mean, if you're going to beat Ohio State, if you're going to slow Ohio State down, here's how you do it. You run the ball against them, and you have a good enough secondary to try to slow down the passing game. Notre Dame has a great secondary. They have a great offensive line. Uh, they're super talented, uh, especially early in this game. I feel like I'd be leaning Notre Dame. Like, if, it was, if I was going to give out a first half bet, I, I would lean Notre Dame for sure. Um, but, you know, 17 is a lot of points. And I know Ohio State is at home and they're motivated because they lost to Michigan and all that stuff. I have to see it first before I can bet on Ohio State with a big number like this. And again, I think I'm fading Notre Dame in the long term with Marcus Freeman. Um, but right now, they have a talented team. And I, if Marcus Freeman is smart and he says, hey, Ohio State hasn't proven yet, even with new defensive coordinator Jim Knowles, that they can stop the run. I'm going to commit to the run and I'm going to try to slow down the passing game. They have a chance here. So I'm taking Notre Dame plus 17. Um, and this is a pass for me, but I lean Notre Dame, but it's a total variance play because we have no idea what to expect from Notre Dame. Right. They're talented, but they're certainly not that talented. I mean, they lose out on a lot of these key elite athletes that a lot of other schools get, like Ohio State. Uh, we know nothing about Marcus Freeman, what he's going to act like. I didn't love the the look of him saying, you know, can you imagine like Nick Saban or Kirby Smart saying, what's the spread? Oh, we're using that. Yeah. We're using that. It's yeah. like, Huh, it's a little you? gimmicky. Right, and so I think he's a young coach. He's got energy, and the players love that, but that doesn't win games. That doesn't cover spreads. Right. Uh, but, look, 17 and a half. I think, uh, oh, actually, I, I'm not going to lean on uh, It's really just Notre 17. Dame. If it's, uh, yeah, seven, I'm not really going to lean. If I w- actually had to lean well, I may slightly lean uh, Ohio State because they have the revenge factor from last year, right. not with Oregon because they lost to Oregon right. last year, but that first week idea. Right. Of a non-conference, good opponent, week one. They got a wake-up call last year with that loss, and I think that for that reason, they're going to be hyper-focused. Ryan Day is going to want to come out and make a statement. And sometimes that is overblown. I think the idea of, oh, this coach really wants to win, therefore it's going to happen, doesn't always happen. But a team like Ohio State can bring something like that to fruition. For sure. So... I don't want a, anything to do with this game, to be honest. So much variance. We could see so many different Notre Dame teams, but uh, yeah. Well, and if this game was played like week nine, I think I would love Ohio State with that spread because the truth is that Ohio State is going to get better as the year goes on. And with how good C.J. Stroud was last year, like if he can somehow be even better this year, which is almost hard to believe with how good he was, then yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be surprised if Ohio State just completely dog walks Notre Dame and, and they win by by 35 here that wouldn't surprise me we saw Ohio State do that to teams last year but everyone that's already 
you know, I just don't think I think that Ohio State could be that by the end of the year. But early on, I mean, look, don't forget they they lose Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave to NFL level wide receivers, and I know they're loaded there, and they have Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's incredible. They have Travion Henderson, who's incredible. I mean, they literally have three guys on offense that could be Heisman contenders if they have a big enough year, yeah. which is insane. But it's week one, and we haven't seen really enough of the other wide receivers who are coming up. If you think that Jackson Smith and Jigba didn't benefit throughout the year playing at the same time as Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, then you're just crazy. And I know that they're loaded, but again, 17 points is a lot. We saw you know, Notre Dame in their bowl game against uh, um, Oklahoma State last year. They got out to a huge lead early, and they almost blew it. And so I wouldn't be surprised. With I mean, we do know Marcus Freeman is a really good defensive mind. So, yes, he can plan a really good game plan and come out, and they could be close in the first half. I could see Ohio State you know, coming out and making the better adjustments, Ryan Day being the better head coach overall and winning that game in the second half. But 17 points is a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm taking Notre Dame plus 17 here. I'm into it. I like it. I'm... Uh, last but not least, we have the Sunday game. Uh, Florida State at LSU – Two teams that are in really you know interesting spots from a program standpoint. LSU currently a, a two-and-a-half-point home favorite here. Um, I can't wait to see what Brian Kelly brings to this LSU program. I think it's going to be really good over time, but what is it going to be this year? We don't know. He He's keeping who the starting quarterback is secret. I think it's going to be Jaden Daniels, the, the transfer from Arizona State here. Um, Florida State we saw in week zero. They played. Uh, they dominated Duquesne. Let, let, let me throw a stat out because you just said that, okay? And yep. I actually... Huh. Maybe I have a bet board game. Maybe I shouldn't throw a stat out. No, here. throw it out. I'll I, throw it out. I'm gonna be a nice guy. I'm not here. gonna change my, my pick okay, based off okay. of what you say. Uh this whole idea of teams play at a game. Week zero. They got a game under their belt, right? It's called the G U B in my thing. You've talked about this before, yeah. Yeah, game under belt stat. You wanna know the against the spread records. The G U B the gub. The gub, all right. This is this is teams He's against, against the spread. Gub numbers. Hey, going, going back to two thousand seven. <laughs> It's a, that's a big chunk of data. We're old. That We were in high school at that point. Teams who already had a game, the experienced team, game under their belt, are 43% against the spread, <laughs> which is, just to let you know... Right, because now there's tape on them, right? That's the idea. Is people say, oh, they're warmed up, warmed up. No, it's not that big of a deal. Rust versus rust. Because they're, they're, they're playing lower opponents. They're not putting... You know, so uh, the whole idea, if you're handicapping out there going... Florida State, they played week zero. They're going to be ready. They're going to come out. That has mean that has meant nothing. Now, I don't think it's necessarily a huge negative and you start betting against him, but don't use that as a positive for Florida State. For sure, and I wasn't. I was just saying, like, we saw a little bit about what they are. And, yeah, they blew out Duquesne, which is like a basketball school as far as I'm concerned. I don't know du- anything about Duquesne. Remember when Duquesne. I called him Duquesney on this show? Duquesney. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's who they should be at that this point. Me, that reminds me of uh, this one commercial when I worked in radio. There was a commercial that had the word camaraderie. And if you look up the word camaraderie, it's spelled like camera deer, and no one else was in the studio with me. And so I read the, I read it, camera deer, camera deer, and they kept the clip of me saying camera deer and would replay it over. I mean, and over, that's but. that's a tough. Look, it was a for bad sure. look. It that's was a very really bad, bad yeah. look. Camera deer. It comes from comrade. The word uh, camaraderie. Uh, yeah. Uh, don't tell Tyler <laughs> that. Camera deer. Um, yeah. Look, I I don't love. I, to me, it's it's such a question mark what LSU is, but I look at what LSU was last year, and frankly, if LSU played Florida State last year at home, I think they'd be favored like this, but by two and a half or so, and I think Brian Kelly is an upgrade. I know they lose 
players that transferred out. We don't know what the quarterback situation is. We just, but what we do know is that Brian Kelly is a really good head coach. Um, I I like LSU here minus two and a half. Uh, I hope this is a bet board game since we haven't had one yet. It's not. Damn it. I like LSU as well. I, th- I thought you'd be on, on uh, Florida State for sure. No. Now, I knew that you were on Brian Kelly this year. I just thought you'd be fading him early. But, uh, yeah, I, I like Brian Kelly, I, or I like LSU. We went, th- we went all of, of week one picks without a bet board yeah. game? No, pretty, I, ha- I have two crazy. more to add to wrap things up, and, and we'll oh, see if you're you can find to, one there. You know what's, okay, interesting note here. I'm, I just want to make a little note here. Uh, I texted you guys both last night in the thread we have for the podcast, and I, and I said, hey, I sent over the outline that included the games. And I said, Tyler, if you have any you want to add, let me know. So instead, what does he do? No, he brings two more because he knows that he's going to try to walk <laughs> me into a trap here of a bet board game against one of his bets without giving me a chance to prep for it. No. I, so I just want to get that out there. Let, let the record show that Tyler is being sneaky. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. <laughs> I'm putting my hood on to hide because that's Very so me. It's not what's happening I literally here. was like, if you have more to add, let me know. And he said, no problem. I will. I will third party confirm that. <laughs> okay. Uh, in, in my defense, I didn't uh, discover these both until today. And that's truthful. I could have texted you today. I chose not yeah, to. Yeah, you could have. I was going to say, you, you didn't discover them right before have. we recorded. All right. Um, so the first one, I like the over in uh, UTSA in Houston. Or uh, current over is 61 and a half. And actually, while I was doing this handicap, I was leaning more and more towards UC. Uh, UTSA for the same reasons we talked about. They're a team that I think has value but doesn't have that brand name. And Houston's a team that everyone's on this year. Right. And they're actually one of the more overrated teams according to my rankings, PFF rankings, Phil Steelers rankings, compared to the AP Top 25. But when I looked into UTSA's defense... A little, little too inconsistent, too many holes this year. I look at Houston's defense, some question marks. So I think both offenses have success here. By the way, UTSA is a really good team. They went 12-2 and two last year, and they still show up. And Phil Steele, he has four indicators for going up, going down. Three of the four, they're showing positives. And they bring the back a runners. lot. Yeah, they bring back eight on offense for a very good offense uh, last year. So I like the over in UTSA and Houston. Yeah, I'm not, not going <laughs> to pick an under in that game. Okay. It has nothing to do with it, it being being scared of the bet board. Houston versus UTSA, there should be some fucking yeah, points there in that go, game. There yeah. we go. There uh, we go. And then finally, and I think Wills may take this because he thinks I'm being a homer, the Buffs <laughs> are currently pl- uh, my, uh, plus 14 at home against TCU. Mm. This opened up uh, like eight and it has climbed and climbed and climbed. And I think this is off for one, one reason, one reason alone. Uh, Colorado hasn't shown who their quarterback's going to be yet. And I believe they're going to play this uh, 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 player called uh, JT Shrout. JT Shrout is about, in my rankings, a six and a half to seven point upgrade over uh, Brendan Lewis, who is projected to be the starter universally. So huge upgrade for CU. It's in altitude. The game kicks off at nine o'clock local time for TCU. And it's, uh, I think, Sonny Dyke's first game with, with, with uh, TCU. Yes. It's going to take him a little bit to learn his offense. So. The reason why they're climbing is they return a lot on offense. People like seeing that kind of stuff. But if it's a new offense you're learning, it's not going to be as conducive to what you saw last year. For all those reasons, I think 14 is way too much, so I'll take CU at home. Minus 14. Has TCU announced if Max Duggan nope. or the, re- the retro freshman is going to start? They have not announced it. And uh, <sighs> Does that impact your handicap? Well, it, 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 I mean, it certainly factors in because you're right. They bring back a lot on offense, but the quarterback's kind of an important position. 100%. And it sounds like a lot of the insiders for a while have been saying it's going to be the redshirt freshman Chandler Morris. Um, Max Duggan has the experience, but he, he wasn't super good. Um, look, I think Sonny Dykes is, is a great hire for TCU, um, and they do bring back a lot. But, I mean, they bring back from a 5-7 and seven team, and I've talked about this before. Returning starters is great. But if they're returning charges from a shitty team, it may not mean all that much. Um, are you a homer about CU? Yes. 
do you let it blind you when picking? I don't think so. I'm not sure that you ever bet against CU, um, but I think that when you do bet on them, it's not just because you're a homer. Uh, and what's the spread at now? 14. Ugh. I mean, like I want to get a bet board game on the pod <laughs> for, for the listeners, not even for me. Look, do it only if you want it. We don't have to force it if you don't want it this week. I want the bet board to be legit games that we want to put up there. Uh, I mean, look, I'm not going to – the truth is, like, I, gotta, I haven't done a lot of breakdown on CU. Um, They're terrible. Their over-under is <laughs> two and a half, Will. They're not a good football There's team. There's a reason why Tyler doesn't uh, bet on CU a lot. <laughs> It's because they're horrible. Yeah, exactly. that, that, that should be like the biggest red flag in the world that he's making this a best bet. <laughs> I should be running for the hills right now. Um, ah. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. I really want to just for a bet board, but I'm not going to do it. It is too many Look, red flags for Tyler to be betting on I actually on think that is a good thing for, for the audience, that, that we may have a week without these because we're not going to force anything or, or, or just do it for the audience, right? That, that's my whole thing, at least. I'm not going to pretend you know, or do anything for content. We do enough for content on this show. I don't think we have to force these, but hey, I respect that. The audience should, too. Because Colorado's covering this. I don't think I <laughs> see. I don't think I'm picking CU, but I, it's a stay away that's from fine, me. That's fine, so, that's fine. all right, bummer. No bet boards. That that is. Look, it's disappointing. It's rare. We almost always have bet board games. Yeah. Um, uh, seriously, almost every week. I'm sure we're gonna have a bunch next week. I feel amazing about my picks, knowing that you didn't pick against any of them. <laughs> I gotta tell you, that, that that feels good. If you all want to see these picks, kind of a wrap up, go to our Instagram, College Football Tailgate, or Twitter at CFB underscore Pod, and we'll put a little graphic up of all these picks. Yeah. Will for sure. Will's gonna have a lot on there, so. You may need to jot his down. I, if, well, if you want me to make a list of like what my best bets are, I can do that for you. Because hey, no. normally you only post a few, and so I don't want you thinking that uh, you know. My, I'm going to put all of them on there. My favorite. I'm putting pick. all Will's, Will's bets got, on there. Will's, Will's got 14 or if best you wanted, bets this week. If you want to distinguish, you I'm can not maybe, You can maybe send me your best ones, and then I'll put Will's other picks below that too. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, cool. Or whatever. You're going to post them all. Fucking post them all. I'm not scared. <laughs> I'd say it with your fucking chest. Um, yeah, listen. Uh, I can't wait. This weekend's going to be so much fun. We're going to wa- watch a lot of football. Um, thank you guys for listening. Tyler mentioned it. Follow us on Instagram at College Football Tailgate. Follow us on Twitter at CFB underscore pod. Uh, rate and review. We'll see you next week.